On this week's episode of Let's Talk About It, we are going to explore the eight-part series called The One, which is currently streaming on Netflix. And we're going to ask the question, is there a one in terms of romantic relationships? And if there is or isn't, how do we go about having healthy romantic relationships? And what are some tools we can use to do that? So you came, you're here. Now let's talk about it. Hello there. Hey. This is Malcolm Morgan. And Micah Morgan. And you're listening to Let's Talk About It. (laughs) We're so glad to be with you again, y'all. Season two, episode two. It is season two, episode two. Yes. Like, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, my love? I'm I'm making it. It's it's a nice day outside. It's kind of sorta warming up a little bit. In this wonderful state that we live in, yes. Ohio. Mother, Mother Nature is, is playing games with us. Oh, yeah. Every day. How about you? Um, you know, we're making it. Trying to uh, trying to just make it from day to day. No, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's a busy weekend. Um, weather's getting nice, like you said. So I'm excited about mm-hmm. opportunities that brings to be outside and yes. hang out with people. Safe distances and whatnot. So... Indeed, because yeah. we are still, in fact, in a parallelogram. We are still in the pentatonics right now. Yeah. So, but I am excited about what we have to talk about today, because this is something that both both things that we talk about often. Mm-hmm. And the first is, you know, is there a one, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to relationships? And then secondly, how do we go about having healthy romantic relationships in the first place? And we have a couple tools that we'll talk about that that can make that possible. And just before we get into it, we are not talking about the show explicitly. No. This is just, the show was a conversation starter for us. Right. And so it will be a conversation starter for this podcast. So we encourage you to watch the show on your own, <laughs> but we will not, we're not doing a full <laughs> review. We're not going to talk about plot points and all that st- stuff that we normally do for reviews. Indeed. But, but this is just the appetizer to the full conversation. Yeah, just just a little a little appetizer. So so the one, it is a net Netflix special, um, eight episodes, and it features a woman named Rebecca Webb, who is a researcher, and she comes up with this this tool based on genetics and, and pheromones that lets you know who the one is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this ends up creating this kind of uh, pretty tense plot line where folks are scrambling to use her tool to find who they are matched with. Mm-hmm. And so as we're watching this show on Netflix, we, you know, we're looking at each other like, you know, side eye, right? Mm. Like, is there really a one? Mm. So, Malcolm, why don't you start us off? What oh, are gosh. your thoughts? I get the wow, <laughs> wow. Um, is there a one? Uh, short answer: I do not believe. Well, here's what I don't think. <laughs> I don't think there's a one in the way that we traditionally think, have thought of it, and especially in the Western world, where there's one person that you are supposed to be with, mm. and heaven and earth will move to make sure that you are with that person. <laughs> yeah. The stars will align. Yeah, it's like, I don't necessarily believe that, but I believe that 
the one is the person that you're committed to above everyone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, this romanticized view of, okay, I'm going to be with this person. It's going to be easy. It's just, it's just going to come naturally. Because, because they're the one. Because they're the one. Right? There won't be any fights, and, no disagreements. Yes, everything will be smooth sailing. You'll have 2.5 kids, <laughs> make $200,000 a year, live in your dream house, and mm-hmm. everything will be great. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. Yeah. So I wonder if our if our uh, beautiful audience, our listeners, are sitting there listening and, and wondering, do Micah and, and Malcolm agree on this? And if not, are we about to watch an argument unfold <laughs> where they discover they do not agree on whether there's a one? <laughs> so I'm sorry to spoil it for y'all, but, you know, we've had this conversation a lot. Several and, times. and we are in agreement. We yes. We both do not think there is a one. Also, um, we probably will not have a live argument on the show that we haven't already had. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, there's been a couple episodes where we we at least got into like a freshly unpackaged. But we've talked about conflict. We're, we're not. <laughs> my goal is not to bring something that we haven't talked about. At exactly. Least, at least thinly, <laughs> some level. We, we will no not surprises. be out here getting surprised. <laughs> You thought Hitler was okay? Oh, oh no. My God. Oh no. It would never. It would never be that. There would be a record scratch oh, and this gosh. episode would be short. <laughs> short end. Anywho, yes, we are in agreement, folks. Um and honestly, I think it has it has benefited our relationship that mm-hmm. we share this belief because it's really rooted in this idea that you don't find the one, but you choose the one exactly every day. Mm-hmm. You choose to be with that person and you say, I am committed to this person um, regardless of how difficult it may be, regardless of ways that we might misunderstand each other. Mm-hmm. I'm, I choose them. Yeah. And so as a brief caveat, you know, these are our opinions, our mm-hmm. thoughts, our beliefs. We are not shooting upon you. Absolutely. So if you are someone who believes that there is a one, you're welcome to continue listening. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is just a chance for you to hear a different perspective. Yes. Um, but we are not saying that believing there's a one is good or bad. And God bless you on your search. Because <laughs> um, I think one of the things that the traditional thinking of the one does is that it puts an immense amount of pressure on people. It does. Whether you're actively dating or passively dating. I don't know what passively dating is, but it sounded th- like the opposite of active. <laughs> um, and you're trying to find somebody, then you're trying to. Find somebody that checks every every box. Every box. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, you don't have box number three, you're not getting a second date. Not getting a second um, date. And then it could force you into some bad relationships as well, where a person may check off your boxes, but there's some other boxes that you don't have on your list mm-hmm. that uh, you realized, ooh, mm-hmm. didn't see that coming. So yeah. it puts an immense amount of pressure on people to find the perfect relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, you know, because as y'all know, we are Christians, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I can already hear. I can hear folks talking about some. Oh, no, the Lord going to send me my Boaz. <laughs> and Boaz. and that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. There have been some um, some fun uh, YouTube videos about that. Um but you know this that that is a whole different conversation, Absolutely. and maybe we have maybe we'll have that maybe conversation. We, will. we might have to bring in some, some help on that. One. We might have to bring in some help, but um, you know, again, this is we're not shooting on people, and we we thought about this. 
We think that there is, you know, support in terms of even our spirituality that Mm -hmm. confirms this. And so um, we will begin there with with just answering the question. That is what we're branching off from in this episode, that there really isn't a one. You don't find the one, but you choose the one. Mm -hmm. Right. So so then as we began kind of talking more about this. We've agreed on there isn't a one. Mm-hmm. Now we have to figure out, okay, well, then how do you go about, like, s- staying with the person that you've chosen, yeah. right? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, for a lot of folks, it begins with the the dating app industry, mm-hmm. right? Finding a person that you like, you're attracted to, you've got some shared interests. We have the formula. <laughs> right. To get you your perfect match. Oh, my. So come to eHarmony. Come or, to eHarmony. Or FarmersOnly.com or whatever website you use. <laughs> right. And they take your money. Yes. Every month. Every month. And it, you, know, you, find, you find the person, mm-hmm. right? You've chosen them. And now you have to figure out, okay, we didn't got past the honeymoon phase. We've been dating for a couple months. How do we stay together? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I would love to talk about today for our for our relationship segment, uh, the Enneagram. Mm. And, <laughs> um, you know, as if you're listening, you may or may not already be familiar. It's a personality tool and it's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M as in Mary. It sounds like an offshoot of Instagram. <laughs> it does. Girl, are you on Enneagram? <laughs> <laughs> um. And so ideally, the Enneagram is a tool that can help us to better understand ourselves, Mm -hmm. potentially better understand our partner Mm -hmm. and use that information in order to choose each other well. Mm -hmm. Right. Like to really find ways to understand their inner world Mm -hmm. and and understand how to connect well Mm -hmm. as we continue a romantic relationship. So what I emphasize, this is not a tool to. Find people that are the same type as you and congregate together. Right. <laughs> but it's being having self-awareness about yourself, how you show up when you're stressed, how you show mm-hmm. up when you're doing well. Um, the things that you may have a tendency to think about or lean toward in different mm-hmm. situations. And the same thing for people that you're in a relationship with. Hey, we have a different number, but how does your number show up in this space? And then how can I help to meet you there? Right. That's what this tool is for. It's not just to segregate ourselves ones with ones, twos with twos, threes mm-hmm. with threes. It's for us to figure out how to work to better together and understand that maybe some of these personality things, some, some of these things that might rub us the wrong way, they're not just random. They're not just, and they're not always intentional but sometimes there are things that we just need to be aware of to be able to navigate exactly exactly so as you're hearing this you've heard us say personality type right so already you might be thinking of something a bit more or just as familiar called the Myers-Briggs assessment and so a lot of folks are really familiar with that one and and just briefly you know that that was created by Catherine Cook Briggs it's a it's kind of a four type indicator um, where you basically see where you land in terms of introversion and extroversion, sensing versus intuition, Mm -hmm. thinking versus feeling, judging versus perceiving. You come up with four letters and you use that to figure out how you tend to show up in the world. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I've chosen to talk about the Enneagram today is because I personally think, and Malcolm it bless his heart. He's just heard me rave about this for our whole relationship. <laughs> well, um, it's been it's fairly recent. It's, yeah, it's maybe the fa- maybe the past five yeah. five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the enneagram is a bit more helpful and unique because instead of putting you 
into like four types. What it really talks about is what is your inner motivation? Mm. What, what motivates you when you walk into a room? What's the question that's typically on your mind Mm -hmm. and how does that affect the way you relate with others? So for the Enneagram, there are nine types, Mm -hmm. one through nine. And, um, why don't we talk about like what we think our numbers are first, mm. kind of give give folks a, a teaser there, because we're, of course, not going to go through all nine numbers. There just wouldn't be enough time. We ain't, we ain't doing all that. Um, <laughs> but Malcolm, I know this is like this is more fresh for you than it is for me, because I dragged you into it, <laughs> kicking and screaming. Um, but what, what do you think your your number is so far? So, um, yeah, just to, once again, to give a caveat, this is not my my steez, as someone might say. <laughs> um, but I do recognize the value of it. And it's even reading, doing the research I did for this podcast is made me see more about myself than I would like and the comparisons <laughs> to some people that I would not like to be compared to. Uh, but yeah, my type is three, um, which is the achiever, mm-hmm. which my wife, I think when I, when I told her it was three, you know, however many years ago we first talked about it, she was pretty much in agreement with that. Um, <laughs> so being success driven, um, and, but also, um, the basic fear of being worthless, of not having a, a a large value that everybody can recognize and see. Mm-hmm. Um, so it you know basically desires to be valuable and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I I would like to say that that's very accurate for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll show you guys the scary part is that I read through the examples and there are some really good examples I was really excited about, <laughs> and then then there were some examples that gave me some pause. <laughs> Um, some pause some pause and so you know i saw um now muhammad ali on the list you know nice I felt good about that that's a good one you know uh, oprah winfrey i was like okay i'm fe- i'm feeling this michael jordan i've even felt pretty good about that um and then i saw oj simpson and tiger woods and lance mm. armstrong and i was kind of like oh oh, oh lord oh, <laughs> oh lord <laughs> Yeah, and and I think you know what you're reacting to is is something that comes up for for a lot of threes, not mm-hmm. all, but that there can be this willingness to maybe cut corners for mm-hmm. the sake of efficiency in order to achieve success. Yeah. That a lot of threes will, you know, when when threes are honest, they'll say, yeah, like if if something's in my way, if there's a barrier, threes can be really good at finding a way around that mm-hmm. barrier, and so. When we hear names like Lance Armstrong and um, O.J. Simpson on this list of threes, then you kind of you kind of see where that might have come up, mm-hmm. a willingness to kind of cut corners. But but threes are ultimate like problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I've been on a team working with threes and then being married to someone who we think is a three. Look. There is no problem Malcolm cannot solve. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's your superpower. Um, and so I think, you know, it could be easy to, with any personality type tool, to look at, okay, what is the flaw of this type? It's really easy for our minds to go there. But I think to, it's important to celebrate the elements of the three, the three as well, you know? Yeah, also, but I think that what separates this is that it shows you how you show up in different areas where mm-hmm. when you're unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of other personality tests do focus on the positive aspects of it, which, you know, mm-hmm. 
are good, but this helps you understand why you show up a certain way in certain areas. Like when I'm stressed, why do I respond this way? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I get that now because that that connects to my need to be to feel like I have worth. Right. And in the situation, I didn't feel very powerful. I didn't feel like I had a value in this mm-hmm. situation. And so that that makes sense to me. Now I know how to re kind of rewire my brain in those moments. Right. Um, and so that's it's helpful, but it's also reve- it can be very revealing for people to see that on paper. And mm-hmm. so I can read it and be like, you want to the first thought is, well, I'm not all the way like that. But sometimes you are like that. And <laughs> you need to be told that you're like that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's really the, that that awareness is the really the only way that you can better show up healthy, even in un- unhealthy situations. Right. Right. And I think, you know talking about relationships and if you're using this tool for relationships for the person that you've chosen as your one Mm -hmm. if you see them showing up in a stressful or unhealthy situation you can kind of keep in the back of your mind like okay what is their core fear Mm -hmm. because that's one of the things that the Enneagram highlights is the core fear of each of these numbers and you can really you can begin to kind of see where your partner if they are a three in this example is is feeling that fear of not being worthy mm-hmm. and how that fear shows up in stressful moments or even in your conflicts that yeah. you're sharing with one another. Um, so I think this has been really helpful for us and it's been helpful for, for you know, arguably billions of people. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michael, tell us about your number. My number is, I'm, I'm pretty confident I am a one mm-hmm. on the Enneagram. Number one. Um, so, you know, not to, <laughs> these, these numbers, I'm glad you said that. These numbers do not come up in a particular order necessarily. So it's not like, oh, the one is better than the five. It's, it's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, it, the numbers appear on this circle and, um, Actually, the the nine is right at the top, not mm-hmm. the one. Um, so there's no particular arrangement of value for these numbers. But the one is someone who is their core fear tends to be that they are not good. Mm-hmm. They are afraid of not being a good person. And so what tends to motivate us is finding ways to make the world and and us, our inner selves, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll often hear the reformer or the perfectionist as descriptors or labels for the Enneagram one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what motivates us is really perfecting the world, reforming the world, reforming ourselves. And so if we are going on this path of, of talking about famous Enneagram numbers, um, (laughs) I have a list of folks, right? And anybody can go on Google and find this as well. So on my list of famous Enneagram ones include, Martha Stewart, okay. um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, okay. Michelle Obama, okay. Tina Fey, who mm. she is hilarious. So I'm honored to be on a, on a list with her. <laughs> uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you can see already on that list that there's some there's a theme of like morality. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, one of the justices. May she rest in peace. Um, you've got Mahatma Gandhi, um, Nelson Mandela, so that you can already see this fixation on like good, good and bad, right and wrong. And that's something that Enneagram ones are typically known for. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think what's interesting is my fear of not being a good person and the way that it shows up in our relationship mm. is, is, 
is pretty potent. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Malcolm, bless his heart, has had many uh, sessions of hearing me external process mm-hmm. about me reflecting on moments I've shared with another person where I'm kind of like anxious Mm -hmm. about, okay, did I potentially say something harmful or, you know, did I misunderstand them or like, what are they thinking about what I said? Mm -hmm. So there's this constant fixation on do, do people think I'm a good person? Mm -hmm. And it is, it's something that's on my mind a lot and it motivates me in pretty much every situation. I think where we, where we, the, the, the thing that makes us miss each other is that, you know, threes are, highly efficient mm-hmm. and because of that they can push their emotions to the side and ignore them to do to focus on whatever Often. the task is at, at yeah. hand and so there'll be times where i'm just like in a in a zone or in a mood and i just am not feeling like being mm-hmm. having empathy i'm not feeling like like even t- touching emotions right now because i am yeah. super focused on this one thing and so um that could be very difficult for Rika because that's a very triggering feeling for her of mm-hmm. not feeling like she's good or feeling like her morality is being questioned or the quality of her character is being questioned. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> uh, can we deal with this later? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think what's been helpful for me throughout the course of our relationship is understanding that for you, that's not a conscious choice Mm -hmm. that you are not seeing me in a very emotionally expressive state Mm -hmm. and and consciously choosing to disengage. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which was helpful. Um, and I can, I can, I think both of us can look back at times where we wish maybe I had had access to that information (laughs) a little sooner. Right. (laughs) Um, and so I think what 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 we're kind of leaning into because we've talked about how the enneagram highlights your core fear, um, and how it highlights your core motivation, mm-hmm. but it also helps you understand where you go in in stress yeah. or unhealth. Mm-hmm. So what it what the enneagram does is on this circle, which is again very visual. The nine numbers are arranged in this circle. It it shows you to which number you tend to go. When you are stressed. And so for the one Enneagram, which is again, my number, um, I tend to go to a four in stress. And what happens with that is there's this kind of fixation on not being understood, Mm -hmm. um, feeling alone and having a very present focus on my emotional world. So when I'm stressed, that is kind of my, that's how you would describe where my thinking is. Mm-hmm. And so what Malcolm is, you know, kind of bringing up right now is that, I mean, that's quintessential Micah when she's stressed out, right? It's like she's feeling her emotions on the on the end of her sleeve. She's feeling like no one understands. Mm-hmm. She's feeling like um, I'm alone in this. And Malcolm's sitting there like, yo, I got these seven things on my to-do list Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would really like to finish those seven things Mm -hmm. and i'm just all i'm just swimming in my emotions like for 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 me as a three the first thing that gets shut down in a a stressful period of time or if i'm hyper-focused is emotions like that's Mm -hmm. we're going 
that's that's going on the if <laughs> I, I think of like these uh space shows when they're like running low on power in space what do we do we'll cut power to this this just save life support and weapons that's oh, it that's good and so in my mind my body's like all right <laughs> where power's at 90 percent. shut down emotions do it <laughs> like, but we can still <laughs> shut it down we need all the power we can get <laughs> but no that that i love that <laughs> metaphor because uh threes tend to go they they do go to a nine mm-hmm. in stress and and when you you know y'all if y'all do head to google and kind of google this i recommend enneagram institute institute.com it's mm. a really good website yeah. that just gives you all the information that you need but you'll see that it describes the nine as this kind of disengaged and apathetic um inner experience for the three when they go to that nine mm-hmm. right so there is this kind of like conserving energy mm-hmm. motivation that i that i think and so i'm really leaning into that because i what i don't like is a lot of folks will describe nines and threes that head to nine and stress is mm-hmm. like this lethargic like dis like intentionally disengaged right. you know and it's not that it's just nines really value peace yeah and they value their inner peace the most. <laughs> and if there's folks around them, like their wife, who is in, an, in a heightened emotional state mm-hmm. that is using all types of emotional energy, a nine or a three who's going to a nine in stress might be like, um, I need to conserve what I got all, <laughs> all up in here. I'm going to be over here. You know, I still love you. I love you to pieces, but I'm going to be right over here. Mm-hmm. You let me know when you die. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a really healthy, I mean, a helpful tool. And mm-hmm. I love the visual too. Like if you all head, head online and see the circle, it's really helpful to see kind of the arrows that mm-hmm. point to these numbers. Yeah. Um, but why, why don't we end on appreciating where your partner goes in health, mm-hmm. right? So we've got this idea that you're choosing the one mm-hmm. you're learning. Okay. What is your core fear? What is their core fear? And how do I meet them where they are? How do I understand what their kind of usual motivation is when they enter a space? Mm -hmm. But I think like one of the best things to appreciate is like, where do they go when they're healthy? You know, when they, you know, they got a little food on their stomach. (laughs) They, you know, they felt successful in that project at work. Mm -hmm. You know, they came home smiling. What does that look like? So for the, um, for the one when when we're feeling healthy, an Enneagram tends to go to a seven. Mm-hmm. And the seven is like the adventurer. You know, it's someone who really appreciates spontaneity, humor. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, I like to think I I show up like a seven sometimes. I mean, you know, it's a it's a pentagram outside right now. <laughs> so I don't go to my seven as often as I'd like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, when I'm there, I really do feel that like. Let's do anything. Like, I know sometime, where, where did I, where did we go? Did we go to the. Are you talking about Easter probably? Easter. Yeah. Yes. Easter. <laughs> we um, got up, you know, did online church for Easter. And then after, after church was over, Michael was just like, you want to go to the zoo? And I was like. No. On Easter? <laughs> like, is that an Easter? Thing? Like, did I miss, did I miss the memo about Easter at the zoo? It was random. I was like, and I was like. I respect that. It's still a, it's still a panty outside. Like, are we still? It's still a still, panty outside. 
I was like, I can't, I can't get you to go to, to a restaurant, but we going to the zoo where there's going to be a whole bunch of people. Well, you know, and I did my research, y'all. You know, <laughs> I was sitting there scrolling through my phone, looking at, you know, what, what, what was the Columbus Zoo doing <laughs> to make sure folks were safe, right? And it was outside, so I did, you know, this wasn't completely unresearched spontaneity, <laughs> but it, you know, this is a quintessential. Micah got some food on her, on her stomach. She uh, healthy. She rested. She slipped into her seven and some wild stuff came out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and Malcolm's sitting there in all of the glory of his efficiency. Like, we we got stuff to do. It's Easter. Well, it's just, it's just a, the zoo for Easter. It, it was random. Weird, like, we just watched a sermon about the resurrection. And I like, know. I know. I'm sorry. We had just uh, debated about whether or not two days before we're going to watch the seven last words and like, go to the zoo <laughs> it's like a trap i know yeah but i think i think you know i see micah show up healthily and and sometimes i'll even make the comment like you look really happy to like you look really like carefree and happy today she'll look at me and she'll be like so i'm not other like not <laughs> not like we're about to have an argument but she's kind of like right she kind of gets on edge, like, "What do you mean?" What do you mean? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm like legitimately enjoying seeing you. Just smile and happy and laugh and enjoy and like, no, not being weighed down by something, mm-hmm. not some larger, you know, something pondering in your head. So, I I really observe those moments. And I appreciate those moments because I feel like there's like a freedom that comes with it when she's in that that healthy that healthy one. Yeah, and. Again, there's this element of us kind of discovering that within each other. Mm -hmm. And for me, it feels very, um, it just feels, I feel seen Mm -hmm. when you do, when you do say that. Mm -hmm. Um, So Malcolm, I know this is like, again, this is a bit newer for you. Mm -hmm. Have we talked about your, where you go in, in health yet? Uh, We have not, but I was doing some, some research. Yeah. Um, Six tends to be the, the uh-huh. healthy the healthy place um I, I tend to be more cooperative and committed to others and i think that's something that yeah when i have, when i have time and space when i'm not in a highly stressful deadline based i really tr- would love to be able to empower people working with people you really do um at, at my core that's what i, I you know and also the three part of me hmm, that's way more efficient than me I, doing know, I was just thinking that but, it's the delegation <laughs> of it like oh i'm gonna empower some folk but that is the hardest <laughs> as a three that's also one of the hardest thing to do is to give up mm, things mm-hmm. um and to to give up control yeah because i feel like you know good or bad i feel like i'm the best at doing what i want to get done um yeah. but when i'm healthy I mean, and I think at, at my core, I want to be able to collaborate and mm-hmm. work with people and develop people um, and see people grow. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really, I mean, I think in anything, like even in our relationship, there'll be times I want to do stuff together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm, I'm like, oh, let's, let's do this. And you're kind of like, does that involve planning? <laughs> not really feeling it. <laughs> oh, today I do not like to plan. Or y'all. tomorrow. <laughs> Forever. And look, all the threes I know in my life are expert planners and will often have trouble kind of staying in the present because mm-hmm. they are usually in the future. Mm-hmm. And y'all, that's just not where I live. She's not. <laughs> She's not. But what I what I love, though, is that when when you do get healthy, mm-hmm. you know, as an Enneagram three, 
the the ways that you seek connection is is just really beautiful. Like you 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 tend to want to do the mundane tasks together, mm-hmm. not yeah. even like let's go conquer the world together necessarily, but like yeah, let's let, let's watch this show together. Do you want to go on a walk together, or mm-hmm. do you need help with this? Mm-hmm. And so. That's something that's very quintessential about the six is they're they're they tend to be very in tune with their external world. Um, you know, they they are the risk analysis analysis, mm-hmm. right? That's what they're known for. But what it does is it makes them very good at being able to see what's going on around them, what's going on with the people around them. Yeah. And how can I how can I minimize risk by being connected with them? And so I really do see the ways that that you you kind of glide into that when you're when you're healthy. Um, So I think, you know, my my hope is that us (laughs) going down this rabbit hole and live processing live processing, which I've really enjoyed um, is, is helpful because what we hope to do is, you know, if you are a person who regardless whether you believe there is a one or not Mm -hmm. a one for you Mm -hmm. that you're finding ways to connect with the person that you are with. Um, you know, even, you know, not even just romantically speaking, if you've got a really good friend in your life, what the Enneagram does is it gives you some questions that you can consistently ask about yourself and about your partner Mm -hmm. that helps you connect with them well and choose them well. Um, so just to like briefly summarize, those questions include what is what is our core fear? Mm-hmm. Um, what keeps me up at night? Like what gives me anxiety? What gives them anxiety? Mm-hmm. What is my core motivation? How do I tend to think and feel when I'm stressed? Yeah. What tends to be on my mind? And then what do I tend to think and feel and desire when I'm healthy? Mm-hmm. And so these four questions really position us to understand the inner world of our partner and our own in order to just have a, a healthy relationship together. And you want to reiterate, these tools are not perfect. They're not, no. You may read some of the descriptions for some of these things and say, oh, I see a little bit of myself in that or a little bit of myself in that. Mm-hmm. Um. But don't take this as gospel. This isn't a hundred percent of how you are all the time. There's because there's only one gospel. Because there's only one gospel. <laughs> Sorry, let, I had to get churchy let real quick. The church saying, man. <laughs> um, so in review, we talked about the one. We talked about is there a one? Is there a one for all of us? And what does that really mean mm-hmm. for us as people? We talked a little, little bit about the Netflix show, the one which we do suggest that you watch. Um, it's a great conversation starter. Pretty entertaining as well. There mm-hmm. may be a season two, and if there is, it's going to get pretty pretty serious. <laughs> um, and then we also talked about a couple tools that can be used to help understand your internal and external world. Mm-hmm. Um, one being the Enneagram, one being the Myers-Briggs. We focused on the Enneagram. We did. Me we and Micah kind of talked through our numbers, how we relate to one another um, with those numbers, the way we show up in stress, the way we show up when we're healthy. Um, and really, the big encouragement from this is that we can use these tools to help better ourselves mm-hmm. and then to better understand the people that we're in a relationship with, whether that be romantic or otherwise. But this is not the end of the conversation. It is not. It's just the beginning. We're about to finish talking, but we want <laughs> you to keep talking about this um, and let us know your thoughts about the Enneagram or maybe some other tool that you have used or are using to better understand your internal and external experience. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Malcolm D-O-T Media. And you can find me at J. Marie Morgan. And you can also use the hashtag, hashtag TalkAboutItPOD. We'd love to hear your stories, how this episode has impacted you, or tools that you use to help you understand and relate with people.
So I think that's it. I think we're done. I think we did it. We did a thing. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We really enjoy having these conversations. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us. This has been Malcolm Morgan. And Micah Morgan. And you have listened to Let's Talk About It. We'll see you guys later.